0: As engineers, we are so specific. There's a lot of maths, there's a lot of precision. So when you go into the world of possibilities, leadership, it's a bit more vague and it takes a while for a brain to adapt. That's such a difficult question, right? So, I me mean, one of the things that I remembered from your TED talk and these words that have been imprinted in my head is, is losing the fear to fail. The saying that you can either win or learn. Creating that family is like entrepreneurship. We don't wait until the time is right to start, but we start for the big moments, for the big decisions of your life. It's just about, I've ever wondered. How tech entrepreneurs navigate the rollercoaster of uncertainty while pushing the boundaries of innovation. What if I told you there's a tech founder who's not only embraced the unknown but is striving in it. In this episode we'll be talking with Pablo Rabadan Cardone and Pablo is hailing all the way from Spain who's now started the project StyleMade and StyleMade is a fusion between fashion and AI technology so in this discussion Pablo would share you know how he's been adapting to the new environment being here in China as an entrepreneur as well as how how he's been navigating some of the decisions that he's been making in his personal life and the demands of his dreams. Enjoy. This episode is your golden ticket to the extraordinary world of Pablo Rab, Badad. Stick around, folks. This is the one podcast that you don't want to miss. Uh, today, we're going to be sharing Pablo's story, but I'll let him share it with you himself. Pablo, welcome to the Next Gen Tech CEO's journey, my friend.
1: Okay, now Wow. Diana, that's the most <laughs> amazing introduction I've ever received, man. I, I was having goosebumps in, in my arms, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm bringing it for you, brother. I told you I'm bringing it for you, brother. What, what, one of the things that I, I must say, Pablo, is that you, you're a truly inspiring figure. You you're, you, are a truly inspiring character. You know, at your age, doing what you're doing, it takes a lot of courage and it's it's something I, I admire. I truly admire. And I think thing I'm curious about and even I like my my audience to here is your story yeah about how how did you take this this courageous leap into entrepreneurship where did all that started where did that begin tell us about that Oof, that's such a good
1: question man uh I think I think it was all a transition you know when I was when I was young my parents were always like uh, because I was good at passing exams and having good marks somehow. Uh, and my parents were like pushing me to, why don't you go for a very stable job and uh, uh, something. And um, as time started passing, I noticed that, okay, I could pass the exams uh, and maybe get good marks, good scores. But it felt a bit empty. Um yeah, like there was a, a great moment of uncertainty uh, when I was in high school and I was about to, I knew, I knew I wanted to do something related to engineering. I was like spending all my days playing with my Legos and uh, building motors and stuff there. Mm. So I thought that it, it should be something related to engineering. Uh, but, mm. you know, it, it was maybe a mystery between um, some kind of ambition and looking for challenges because even though I was good passing those exams and and then, yeah, passing the subjects and everything, it seems like the reward that it was giving me was not fulfilling, bro. It was more like, yeah, okay, I'm capable of, of doing this, but then maybe this is not um maybe what I expect or or want uh, from like, yeah, so started to challenge myself a bit more and then thought that, okay, if there is a real impact I can make in this life, maybe I should put mo- this energy or this effort that that, that I've been giving and these opportunities that my family, my parents and, and, and all my situation gave me and try to make the best out of it. And it was mm. I attended a masters that that was very game changing that opened my mind a little bit that okay, maybe with these resources that I can have, that might not be that much, but it's something. I, I can create a higher impact, no? So I started to take more risk mm. raise more this uncertainty that it's entrepreneurship. You mm. all know as as well as me, and also you, Diana. Um, yeah.
0: And one step after the other, and and you said you said you took a master. What what math what masters was that? I'm curious. Yeah, what masters program was yeah. that? This, this master that uh,
1: was that I say that it was the masters that changed my life was in international leadership, and it was like a joint program okay. between the Polytechnic University of Madrid and a foundation that it's called the Rafael de Pino Foundation. So they had uh, the commitment to help engineers. Like me make a meaningful impact with our work to to help us yeah. to acquire these soft skills that sometimes engineers lack of because we are usually very, very yeah, thick- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can relate, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> you right you were in it? it's it, 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 it it's a it's interesting that you said that, you know, because I spent most of my life as a as a technical person as an engineer and in twenty, 20 2017 is when I more or less transition into the world of entrepreneurship through a master's program as well. So it's really great to see like we have that synergy. And it's now listening to your story making me think that it's like leadership is it's like the precipice to which engineers can make that pivot mm-hmm. into a world of endless possibilities. Yeah, what 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 was the one thing that really shifted your mindset in that leadership program? That really changed everything for you, I'm curious. Yeah, so,
1: well, this program had a module that was in soft skills, but in self-leadership, you know? So it was like doing this introduction, Mm. because I don't know you, uh, Diano, but me as an engineer, like I felt uh, for a long time, like horses, you know, that they cover their eyes in the sides so they can only look to the front. So like extreme, very, very ambitious objectives, but sometimes they had no meaning or no purpose behind. So it was like to understand what I was more aligned with and yeah. yeah. So it was seeking a purpose in this master's then understanding what I really wanted from, from my life and from my job. And at that moment I started like to challenge myself more, I was my background mm. was a bit creative because I was an industrial design engineering engineer. Mm. So yeah, always had the chance to explore a
0: little bit, but it was in this master's when I committed with it. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. It, I, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always, as a coach, I'm always listening to language patterns. You said something interesting. You said that you were an industrial design engineer. So do, do you still relate with that title as an entrepreneur today?
1: <laughs> That's such a good question, man, because the other day I was updating my CV and I was like, what do I put like first? Entrepreneur or designer or engineer? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I connect more with the designer part and entrepreneur part, you know, because yeah, I yeah. feel that somehow I escaped a bit more from that technical and methodical part. I don't know mm. if it happened the
0: same to you. What would you say today? Mm. That's that's a good question. I, I love the fact that you asked me that. And it's something I won't say something I was struggling with, but it's something I lose. Like you said, you know, as an engineer you had like your that that narrow vision. And I think I was I had that as well. Because as en- engineers, we are we are are so specific, you know, there's a lot of maths, there's a lot of precision. So when you go into the world of possibilities, leadership, it's a bit more vague, yeah? And it takes a a while for our brain to adapt. However, recently I realized that, you know, as a coach, some of the people who I connect with most are very technical. They're engineers, they're, they're innovators, yeah? But I'm in a coaching world that is more on a communication perspective, more psychological. But then because I have this body of work as an engineer behind me it was so easy for me to connect with people in that world so i think that it's all part of who i am i'm, I'm an engineer i'm a coach i'm a communicator and i'm and i'm an entrepreneur yeah so i'm not going to separate myself from that part of my life because i've been in tech for an entire decade of my life so how can i say that i'm not that that's a significant chunk of my life right and i've only been in the world of entrepreneurship so I'll say I've been an entrepreneur for most of my life and not knowing what it was. But in terms of academics, I'll say I started my program in 2017 and that's where I start to explore more. So I'll, think, I'll say that I am of both worlds personally. And maybe you can see you know some of that from your perspective as we're having this conversation. Hey, what's coming up for you? Yeah, well,
1: if I notice these patterns, I'll tell you. <laughs> Not so far. In my case... <laughs> in my case... Yeah, I've been, like, um, in this uh, professional world that just been more than a decade. In my case, it's been... What, this is difficult to say, but... Uh, like, working in my area, more or less, because the area of an industrial design engineer is pretty wide, maybe three years and a half, I don't know. So... I connect more now with the designer and entrepreneur. Um, worse than with the engineered ones, but who else in the future? Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Another thing that that jumps out to me, one of the things that I remembered from your Ted talk and these words, like they have been imprinted in my head is, is losing the fear to fail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Losing the fear to fail. I think that message came across so strongly. And I, I just wanted to share that story one more time because I think it would be of great li- value to all the listeners. Like, where did you, where did that idea came from originally? Well, thank you for for
1: bringing it up. Um, so yeah, I, I think it all began, uh, as I said in that TEDx speech, when when I was eight, I was diagnosed with diabetes, and this was like a very impactful moment, you know, because I was eight years old. So it was a bit difficult to understand, but the reality is that the life expectancy of a person with diabetes, um, reduces by 15 years. Um, so it's such a, such a, a difficult moment to process mentally. Um, it's not something that you process at the moment, actually, it's something that started the process there and maybe I'm still processing or who knows, um, okay. but when you realize that you have lost a big part of your life, then you also realize that there are some things that there are some situations that you already lost, and you cannot nothing there but to, to face that loss. Um, that's one of the situations that I was faced with, like this limitation of resources, that it's time. Sometimes it's all we have. But then there are other situations in which you can make a decision. In this case I could have, but in the ones that I could make it. Um, there is like this saying that you can either win or learn in any situation yeah. that, that you face. And it's about this, like to embrace this uncertainty to and lose this fear to lose. To lead in the direction that you're seeking, that can be your purpose. If you have one, it's not an easy thing. It's something that these masters, I... I studied help me find, help me understand, let's say. But in the end, it's all about assuming that you have already lost if, if you don't try. You you have already lost. And as an entrepreneur yeah. as an entrepreneur is like or daily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you already lose if you you have you don't try. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that I think we need to remind ourselves, even as we're scaling our businesses, because I, I think the more we grow, sometimes we, we, te- we tend to lose that knack of taking risks. You know, one of the things that I am, I, I usually love to listen to Alex Formosi, and know in one of his podcasts, he said something interesting. He said that it doesn't matter how big his business gets, he would always budget money for risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what he means by that, every single month or quarter, he'll put aside a certain amount of money just to experiment with things that may not even succeed. Because when we start as entrepreneurs, everything that we do is a risk. Yeah, however, as, as we start to grow and scale and things become stable, it's the risk becomes a bit less because now we understand our customer, we understand their problem, and we have a solution that they're already paying for. So I think really, you know, having that, that idea of, you know, creating possibilities of risk where we are forced to do things that requires courage from us yeah that that's that's truly valuable yeah and the the next question i want to ask you is as the the ceo of Stylemate. yeah a a tech a fashion tech yes startup which is pretty interesting tell us a bit about that how how does fashion and tech yeah dance together in in china of all places how how, how does that happen yeah that yeah, it's, it's
1: actually, this the point, it's the, the most difficult part to understand because these two guys of fashion and technology historically had been like a separated areas. But now, because... I can imagine. Uh, they are two, two different, very, very different industries. But now because of all the progress with um in particular, for example, AI, it's opening many new possibilities. And specifically, the ones... Wow that we are targeting is understanding and gathering more insightful information of customers to then be able to help fashion brands be more sustainable and efficient. This is our approach, but there are other many approaches like for manufacturing, for most efficient, uh, yeah, for most efficient, more efficient manufacturing or digital fabrication And then If we go to digital fashion, then we have only things, avatars and gathering body measurements. Sure. To, to create more precise models of people and then adapt the garments to them. But in our specific area, what we are doing is applying AI to gather more in- insightful information about uh, the body measurement of people in an easy way that they don't need to mm. stack your privacy. That thing, and people don't want to take mm. their whole body. <laughs> 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 so just have a, a better insight of their body measurements and style to help fashion brands the emerging ones to give better recommendations okay, so to sell more efficiently. Because for those ones, emerging brands, usually the um, the customer acquisition costs are huge. It's a market where those costs are huge, we can talk about $130 per customer. But then you know for those ones because you know when they are the initial customer, of a brand, then the brand doesn't have a lot of information. They can gather something like from the, company. Easy. uh, like some demographic information, but no transaction history, nor body measure. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, if they go to a offline store.
0: So when it is online, it's mm-hmm. business.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting.
0: That's, that's very innovative, man. Again. Okay.
1: And, and yeah, that's, that's the approach to help them save be more efficient when selling and then reduce return, uh, return rates that are also very impactful, not only for the brands and the industry, but for the whole world. You know, like all the
0: supplies and the viewers. very well, yeah, and yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the that I love talking Why I love talking to entrepreneurs, because there's, there's always something yeah, that you don't even know it's possible. And as I'm hearing you sharing, I'm like, oh, wow. Now, let me start connecting the dots and see how valuable this is. In my head, I'm literally seeing an avatar. Yeah, and this avatar have my real-time measurement of my, you know, and I, I guess, oh, that's dope. that's really dope. Yeah, that's really dope. Now, in, in, in the following segment, I'm going to ask you some questions and, and these some of these questions may feel difficult. Yeah, as, as a coach, you know, I usually like to dive into the mindset of my guests just to see how they think. So we're going we're gonna to go to the future for a while. Okay. And if some of these questions feel uncomfortable, you can tell me, you know, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable answering. Yeah, and we'll totally respect that. But if you, you feel open to share and it's comfortable, you can go ahead. Get we game? Okay, let's go. Awesome, let's get it. Now, Pablo, I want to imagine. Imagine we, we meet three years from now. And your life was better than ever. Tell me what happened. Better than
1: ever. Cool. You know, um, we were in the future, and my life would be better than ever. I would have a strong family. And if you want to know why, I can tell you more. Uh, Because. No, tell me more. Tell uh, me more. uh, with all what I have lived so far, um, all the complications of growing professionally, growing personally, then, yeah. and then you can be here and there, you can have a better work or a better whatever. But in the end, you can have your friends, you can have you, you can have many things. But what comes to my mind when I seek for the best future I can have is with a strong I mean, family, you know, and because I feel... Is real that the most pure and real aspect or life that we are losing because of many progress that we are making with technology or with the development of ourselves that you know, right now, for example, I, I moved to China, I left many things behind. Uh, but if I could imagine yeah. myself in a such a sustainable and stable situation and happy would be with a with a strong family that we can love and care of each other. Because it would yeah. also imply such a great state of mind, probably of well being of all of mm-hmm. us. Um and, and a lot of love, which is the, the for me, the,
0: the only thing. Yeah <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's a really interesting answer. I won't even say it's interesting. I think that answer lands home. Recently I created a, a post and I was saying that You know one of the biggest evils of most entrepreneurs is that you know throughout the entire grind we we tend to forget the reason why we started in the first place Mm -hmm. yeah and and we would say that okay the grind is necessary now so that we can create this then for the people that we love however i believe there's a better way to do it i believe that we can still have that what you just share you know that those loving moments with our family now while being on the grind because we don't know what tomorrow holds. So the next question I have for you, Pablo is, you know, what are the challenges ahead in creating what you've just shared? What would you say are some of the biggest challenges for you personally ahead?
1: Mm-hmm. My challenges in, and challenges in, what did you say in entrepreneurship
0: or in what? What, what are your challenges to create that, that family, that <laughs> strong family? So what are the challenges ahead to create that strong family? Hmm. I think
1: one one would be making the decision itself. For one moment, I would need to prioritize this personal project that I would be sharing with someone, uh, with the person I love, and prioritizing that before everything, you know, because it's all about. If we can have a project together, it's great for me, but not, I, can have, I can have a project or I can have many plans. So one is committing the time, effort, and love, and energy. that that I wouldn't say a challenge, but that it's a challenge itself. But mentally, it's a step, I think. I think it's a step. Mm. And the other ones... I don't know. I don't know. I I don't feel there will be many other challenges. I think it will, it, when, when this, when that step is made, everything, I think everything
0: will happen naturally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing for you would be to prioritize that decision and really committing to you know, that person who you who you have in your life. When you say that, you made me think of um, this one particular coach and he, he asked this question, do you know the difference between committing and making a decision? Yeah, he said the difference between committing and making a decision is like a smoker who said that they're going to quit smoking today, but tomorrow they you still see them smoking. That's them making a decision to quit. Yeah, they didn't commit to quitting. Yeah, but... A smoker who actually commit to quit smoking, they're gonna s- commit that they're gonna quit and they are literally gonna quit. It's like the um the the egg and the bacon story. Yeah, the 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 uh the, the chicken make a decision to give his egg, but the pig, yeah, the pig commit. Yeah, the pig commit because he's delivering bacon, that's his life, right? So that's what what came up to mind as as you you share that. I kind of hear that little distinction in, in your share. And and what, what are the opportunities t- that you can start creating now if you really shop with determination for this as a priority? I'm curious. Um, I think that
1: right now I, maybe I'm not yet in that moment of my life. Um, because you know, I moved to China, uh, only six months ago. So this new context I'm facing. It's a bit apart from that future, I would say. I would say it's a completely new and different place for me to live in new people. A lot of lack of stability here, this is the thing I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, if I were to make decisions now and commit to them and and I start to to activate this future now. Huh. In that moment of my life uh, that you said before, uh, you know, next steps are to prove the product of StyleMate, to grow it, to, to get it invested. Um, so I think that for that future, I need both. I think I need more stability than the one I have now. So it would maybe refusing to some aspects of my current situation that I'm living here are reducing the risk I'm facing for the for the medium and short term because so far I cannot know where I will be in one year from now and I think that for mm. for growing a strong a, a strong family I think you need that
0: I, th- I think I will need but, that yeah. no no I'm curious I'm curious Bob. How would achieving this goal change your business? If let's say hypothetically speaking, let's say you achieve this this goal that you shared with me about having a strong family, how would that change your business? Huh.
1: That's such a difficult question. Right? Um, depends on the depends on time. <laughs> depends a lot on time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because let's say, okay, ask me the question again, but when, when do I need to have the strong family
0: already? <laughs> In two years? Well, you said, we said three years. We we're looking at three years, right? So, three years from now would be you now is 2023? That's 2026, yeah? In 2026. Okay. Yeah. H- how would that change your business? Having a strong family, how would it change your business? Well, actually, this.
1: Yeah, if this business um, is... Probably I'll move it back to Europe. Probably. Because all the situation... Yeah. For the stability again, for the sake of stability. Also, in terms of my my personal life, you know, because of diabetes, all the arrangements with that in Europe is much more easy and stable. And for the business itself... Honestly, my my horizon with Stylemate, uh, like the knee cornerstones, are in less than three years. So the current plan wouldn't change a lot. So if it if I if I if I cannot prove the success of it, it will be before three years. So <laughs> it wouldn't change a lot, but if it's successful, if it's successful in that uh, potential future, then it's impossible to know. What <laughs> it's impossible to know. <laughs> but but those things, <laughs> I think first is like personal yeah. personal stability, then a, a bit of financial stability. That if it's pro- if it's if I cannot prove it right, then I'll need to get probably something more stable or begin with something new. But yeah, I think that mm. where I'm leading with this answer where where we are leading together is that I don't know for you, I want to ask you the question back, but um but entrepreneurship implies constant risk assumption for me. That's something that I, I think I live with it. And for for this Future, the subject of the strong family, I kind of connected more with a bit more of a stability, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I want to know.
0: Ooh. So, what I'm hearing, what, what what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing, yeah. you can correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. So, what I'm hearing is that for you to first have a strong family, you first need to create stability. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Yeah. What if, what if you create a struggle family for us and that leads to stability?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think it can also happen. What if? Of course, I think it can also happen. Would that, would that change any, any other areas of your life? If it happened in that autumn? Mm -hmm. Let's say. Why I think that I would do first, like I would have first the stability and then the
1: strong families because, you know, let's imagine that you were going to have a child. Um, it's such a, such a thing if you are yeah. if you are into many risks at that time, or you are not sure or stable about that, what that will improve okay. for your life. So
0: yeah, that's why I said that yeah. first should be first. Yeah, it was the I, I totally resonate with you. I totally resonate with you. The, the reason why, you know, as, as, as men, I think it's something that we as men think about a lot. Yeah, the idea of creating stability before we have a family. And I'll share with you an interesting story that actually changed my perspective around that. It was a few months ago I was um, having lunch brunch with a group of ladies. And these ladies were, were age, yeah, they were They were all married, they have kids, their kids was almost as old as me. And then they were talking about, you know, when am I going to get married? And I was telling them, oh, you know, first I need to make sure that I have, you know, financial stability and all this. And then this, the, all of them look at me and tell me, boy, what's wrong with you? Yeah, when we started, we thought the same thing too. But when you start, things just start falling in place yeah don't wait for stability because they say they have friends who said the same thing when they were young and now they're all like them their friend is regretting saying you know oh i should have actually took the risk then you know the only thing i realize in that sense you know creating that family is is like entrepreneurship yeah we don't wait until the time is right to start but we start if this is something that we on really our heart and passionate about we start and as a result of having that conversation with them, it, them, it kind of shift my perspective in the sense that all of this idea of stability was expectations that was coming in from outside, yeah. And and that's why I made a decision this year to propose to my fiance, even though I don't feel right now that I have the stability in the world to give to her if we have kids. You know, but that's my story. Yeah, that's what I've been learning. But but what's coming up for you as I share that? Yeah. I think I agree that for
1: there are many things for you for which you are never ready and it's just Mm. about making the step yeah I I can also resonate with that saying that it's maybe an ideal that many of us are pursuing to have this stability this perfect situation before we make the greatest
0: yeah 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 Yeah. it's not realistic (laughs) yeah It has realistic that's a realistic Bro, If I look at my parents my parents had their first kid when they were nineteen. I can't imagine myself having a kid at nineteen and then they make it work. I'm 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 not that bad, right? I, I started at well. <laughs> <So, laughs> <I don't> <laughs> hmm. Any 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 last comment? Any last comment on, on this this topic of the stability before? Family, family before stability. I think it's it's really an interesting twist. I didn't expect this, but I'll be curious to hear what the listeners think as well, yeah, because I know this is a topic that may have you know jump on their their calendar also. So let me, let me hear from Pablo. Any any last comment? What what's what's your thought here, now? I think that for
1: the biggest steps, you are never ready. For the big for the big moments, for the big decisions of your life. It's just about
0: yeah. faith and doing it. Yeah. Losing that fear to fail.
1: Yes. That's um, similar to when I came yeah. to China, yeah, but for me, it was such a great step. I was just told it, like I received the, um, the notice that I was going to be able to come if I accept it. Like one month and a half or something before coming here. That uh, it's really little time. Then with all the paperwork and everything, it was like felt like few days. Um. Yeah, you you can never have the perfect path to towards that objective, that dream, that big family. It's only about faith. Yeah. Yeah you're gonna have that stability No, er.
0: no let me let me ask you this no Pablo now what's possible for you now what's possible now with this new learning that you have got it
1: what's possible for me now okay We were before talking about if this was realistic or not. I think I'm more realistic to myself, more true to myself. Because sometimes it's about faith. Um, We may have our dreams about, yeah, if entrepreneurship. If, if I want to be successful, then I need to do this in any situation. But I feel that it doesn't, doesn't really matter what the objective for the situation it is. It's just about flexibility. You, you can see the value. You can see the, the beauty out of every situation, every loss in every context and moment of your life. It can be when I face this future of of building and growing a strong family with a lot of love, or it can be for a business a, project. It can be for my current startup. It can be for yeah. a future one, this one place. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what I, can, what I have learned, I would say, just a little part of it is to love this part of the f- failure that it's not the ideal situation we were expecting. It's, it's what we faced and and accepted and learned to love.
0: Mm. This imperfect reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you made me think of a quote from Les Brown that says that failure is false evidence appearing real. No, sorry, fear, sorry, is false evidence appearing real. And most often we, we become afraid of that false reality that you just mentioned as well. Now what I want to do here, I want to take you off the hot seat and I want to do something a little bit fun. Now I'm going to be shooting some statements to you. And you're gonna say either yes or no. Yeah, there's no maybe, no in between. Yeah, and they're coming quick. If you stop, I'm gonna rush you, making sure that you make a decisive answer. Okay. Yeah, you ready for this? Okay. <laughs> awesome, awesome. The first one is: Do you do you think entrepreneurship can be taught? Yes or no? Yes. Is failure necessary for growth? Yes. Are free perks and benefits worth it? Can you repeat that one? Are free perks and benefits worth it? Yes. Is work life balance achievable as a founder? Yes. Should tech tech CEOs be on social media? Yes. I wonder
1: why.
0: I uh, know, <laughs> right? Are mastermind groups worth it? Are, are what? Are mastermind groups worth it? Ma- master- I, I'm not sure if I'm there. Are mastermind groups worth it? Like there are groups where a group of people with similar interests come together to challenge and... and And help each other grow? Yes, but not relying on them. Oh yeah. Do you speed read? No. Yes, I know, Pablo. Yes, I (laughs) know. Have you you pulled an all-nighter in the last month? Pulled an? All-nighter. Have you pulled an all-nighter in the last month? Yes. Do you have a routine? Yes. Do you believe there's one right way to lead? No. (laughs) Thank you so much, Pablo. And what would you say, what was your biggest insight from our conversation today? what was your biggest insight? We You shared your story. We went a bit deep into your goals for the next three years and we had this conversation around, you know, stability, family, family, stability, which come for us, why is it important? And we kind of ended around the idea of having faith and seeing there's a bit of similarity between, you know, you, your love for entrepreneurship or your love for family. What was your one biggest insight from our conversation? Well, just the fact that,
1: you asked me that question and I came with the topic of the family. For me, that was very natural, you know, it, it wasn't like one of the answer that would be in my mind probably since the very beginning. Mm. So that was very insightful for me, um, ju- just for myself, but if I were to tell you We talked about work-life balance. We, we talked about like the personal and the professional. Embracing uncertainty in a way that we are looking for an ideal or just wanting or, or embracing the failure because we see the value there. So I would get an idea of the importance Yeah, I would say that both the personal and the professional, your work and your family, in the end, it's all one thing. And we sometimes make a very big separation there. It, okay. Each of us may have for reason, but in the end, I think it all is one. And whether we go for achieving the success in the personal, for achieving the success in the professional. Looking for these ideals and not being able to, to enjoy, to enjoy the joy of just this path, this journey that may imply a lot of fear and may not lead us to where we were thinking of it and just embracing this these risks, taking these this risks in all the journey like you did uh, with your fiancé. Or where we did when, when we decided to be entrepreneurs. Uh, when I came to China, all, all of these moments. <laughs> I think that are the true. Yeah, yeah. That are the true goals that we find along the way, and that we mm. don't do not expect. That are the true. Yeah, the true objectives are the ones that we don't set for ourselves. Sometimes I think we we just realize once once we have
0: live that experiences. Mm -hmm. That's beautifully said. I I love the way you end that. Our objectives are the ones that we don't set for ourselves. My grandmom would always tell me when I was a kid, she would say, you know, God's plans are always bigger than yours. And and, and that's why that, that statement just resonated. And Pablo, if this was your final message, if this was your last message on earth, what what message would you leave to those that are listening today hey. Hey.
1: I would say that we constantly need to make decisions. Um, both, if things turn out as expected or not, there is a lot of beauty in all of them. And in the end, it will be just us. Deciding if we want to celebrate or to regret whatever it happens.
0: Yeah. This is Pablo Rabadan, my friends. Listen closely and make sure you connect with him on LinkedIn. And can you just drop your LinkedIn connect for everyone that is listening or where they can connect with you to learn more? Sure, it's Pablo Rabadan, Gordon. (laughs) Listen to that Spanish accent. (laughs) I'll leave all his information in the show notes. Go ahead, connect with Pablo. Yeah, a startup style mate here in fashion tech in Shanghai. Whether you want to collaborate, whether you want to invest, whether you want to just learn about his story. Yeah, let's make it happen. Thank you so much for sharing your story and going so deep today, Pablo. Thank you so much, Diana. You've heard the stories and strategies of today's top tech CEOs. But where do you fit in? What's your unique superpower as a founder? Now take off free CEO type quiz to unlock your leadership blueprint and gain insights to maximize your potential. Now go to levelupwithdino.com and take just three minutes to complete this quiz. Instantly receive a detailed report revealing your CEO type, along with a personalized three-phase plan for achieving abundance and freedom on your term. Are you a visionary, a driver, an analyst, community builder, or self-improver? Take the quiz now and own your entrepreneurial journey. Discover what makes you tick as a founder and learn to lead from your sweet spot for success. That's www.levelupwithdino.com. Spelling matters. Make sure you get it right. Take the quiz and start leading on your term, your way. This is your key to freedom and go and get it. Levelupwithdino.com.